0: This is your life, episode 87, Hello and welcome to this episode of This Is Your Life. My name is Michael Hyatt, and this is the podcast dedicated to intentional leadership. My goal is to help you live with more passion, work with greater focus, and lead with extraordinary influence. In this episode, I'll be talking about three ways to monetize your platform. You know, almost everybody I meet secretly wants to do this, and most people feel a little uncomfortable in doing so, or at least... They don't have a clue in how to get started, and in this episode, I'm going to address both the why and the how. You can find the outline, the resource links, and a complete transcript in the show notes at michaelhyatt.com 87, as in episode 87. I'll be back in a minute with some thoughts on this topic. If you have something to say or sell in today's noisy world, now you can get the inspiration, training, and tools you need to increase your influence and impact. Platform University, a community of like-minded individuals led by one of Forbes Magazine's top 50 social media influencers, Michael Hyatt. Each month, you'll get access to The Masterclass, where Michael interviews leading platform authorities. Backstage Pass, a behind-the-scenes look at Michael's own platform business. Member Makeover with Special specific recommendations you can put to work now, a live Q&A session where you can ask Michael your most burning questions, and the discussion forum where our members support one another in their common quest. Hi Michael, it's Linda Hennigsberg. My website is changeyouremotions.com. And the thing that I love the most is the generous community in the forum. When I get stuck on something with my online business, I know where to go. I love everything about PlatformU, but that's my favorite. Thanks. Intrigued? Now it is the time to invest in building your own platform. You know, I didn't start building a platform to make money from it. In fact, the thought really never occurred to me. But when someone suggested I start accepting advertising, I, for some reason, resisted. I thought somehow it would compromise my integrity. Well, then I realized that all professional creatives charge for their work. In fact, this is what separates the professionals from the amateurs. For example, authors receive royalties. In fact, I've been in the publishing business for several decades, and that's the principal way that authors get paid. Musicians sell tickets. Artists sell paintings. And speakers are paid fees. And if you want to blog or podcast or create video content as a hobby, that's fine. I don't have a problem at all with that. But art and money aren't enemies. In fact, in most cases, the art isn't possible without the money. And if other people don't fund it, you're going to be the sole source of funding your hobby. One of the best things about monetizing my platform is that it's made possible Uh, the opportunity for me to devote myself full-time to creating content. And the more money I make, the more I can invest in creating even better content. In fact, this is one of the things that attracted me to Platform University was with a membership, all paying a monthly fee, it made it possible for me to create uh, awesome videos, go interview people that I couldn't afford to do previously, and really bring in the best content possible to enhance our platform university members' lives and and really help them accomplish their dreams. So you got to get comfortable with making money. If you're not comfortable making money from your platform, then you need to get comfortable with limited influence. If you want more influence, it's going to take more money. It's that simple. And I don't think there's anything wrong with monetizing your platform as long as you do it with integrity. And really, they're not at odds. Maintaining your integrity while making a good income, those things can go hand in glove together. You really can monetize your art without selling your soul. And in this episode, I want to share with you three ways to do it. First, promote affiliates. Now, this is where I started. What do I mean by an affiliate? This is another company with whom you're affiliated that pays you a commission based on sales of their product, through your blog or through your platform. I signed up as an Amazon associate, almost off the bat, and started using my affiliate code and my links to books and other products. And by the way, I disclosed this at the bottom of each post. Well, initially, I only made about $100 a month. You know, honestly, it wasn't that much, but it offset my hosting costs and a few other items and justified me investing a little bit more money in the blog. Well, now I consistently make more than $1,000 a month from my Amazon affiliate links. Well, later I graduated to other products. For example, I promote Brett Kelly's Evernote Essentials ebook whenever I write about Evernote. Why? Because I love his book and I do it with complete integrity, believing it's the best single place to start if you want to get up and running on Evernote quickly. So that's like a natural. In fact, it's a service to my listeners and to my readers when I link them to something that can solve a real problem they have. And there's no sense me not getting paid for that service because I've done the research on it. Well, about 18 months ago, I created an instructional screencast around setting up a self-hosted WordPress blog on Bluehost because I found there were a lot of people out there that didn't know what hosting service to get. They didn't know how to set up a WordPress site. They weren't technical. It seemed complicated. So I thought this would be a natural opportunity for me to set up an instructional screencast and walk people through the process click by click. Well, let me tell you. This has been a goldmine for me. I walk the people through the process, and when people sign up for hosting, Bluehost pays me a generous commission. And again, I disclose that in the instruction itself. Well, I'm also an affiliate for various other products like uh, EA Help, from whom I get my uh, virtual assistance, Nosby, Scribe SEO, and several others. And currently, affiliate commissions, and just so you can kind of put this in perspective, they provide about a third of my overall revenue. But the key is this. The key is to find products you actually use and you believe will be beneficial to your readers. And I have three rules when it comes to affiliate products. Number one, I have to use it and love it. Number two, the company must have outstanding Customer service. In fact, this is one of the things I love about Bluehost is they have great customer service. I'm constantly getting those reports from people, and I'll, you know, occasionally they're gonna, you know, somebody's gonna have a not so great experience, but overall the customer service level is outstanding. And then my third rule is I have to disclose it. You know, I'm not gonna sneak this up on people, but I disclose it uh, usually in a footer at the bottom of the post, and just tell people that I'm an affiliate for the various links that are in that post. Well, if there's a product you're crazy about, especially an information product, it's really worth checking to see if the publisher or the manufacturer has an affiliate program. You might also check Amazon. You'd be amazed. They sell way more than books. Cameras, video equipment, running gear, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And by the way, if you have a product you think I would love And if you do provide outstanding customer service, I'd like to hear about it. Email me at michael at michaelhyatt.com. And please don't send me books or try to pitch me on books. That's the one category of products where my shelves are overflowing and I just, I don't consider them. You know, those are books that get uh, given away to the library instantly. So let me just give you a quick action plan on this particular item. Start small. If you want to consider advertising or affiliate links, start small. If you're not an Amazon associate, go sign up now. What are you waiting for? And never link to any product without using your affiliate code. If you're already an Amazon associate, then find at least one other product you can promote. Create an instructional post, a podcast, or a screencast about it. So the first way to monetize your site is to promote affiliate links. Second, sell advertising. You know, fortunately, there are a lot of WordPress plugins that make this easy, provided you're using self-hosted WordPress. And if you're not, then upgrade your site and you can use my WordPress setup tutorial to get started. And as I've already disclosed, if you do that and use my affiliate link, I'll get paid a commission. I started advertising with a plugin on my site called WP, as in WordPress, WP125, got a link in the show notes, but I started selling these small 125 by 125 pixel ads and it generated enough income to cover additional blogging costs. And it provided, you know, to be honest, a little fun money. Well, then I installed the plugin and invited some friends to advertise for 30 days for free. And I basically said, look, here's what I'm doing. I don't know if it's going to have any value, but give it a shot and we'll talk about it later. And I'll give you a template for this in a second. But as I developed Momentum, I decided to get a little more sophisticated, and here's what I did step by step. First, I launched a reader survey. When you're selling advertising, you're selling access to an audience, your tribe. That's what you got to understand. The more you know about them, the easier it is to arouse the interest of prospective advertisers. And I started with a reader survey. I ask basic demographic and psychographic questions. I use surveymonkey.com to collect the information information. And I have a link in the show notes to the last survey that I did. Feel free to borrow it or adapt it. I just wouldn't use as many questions as I did. I think in that last survey, I asked 53 questions. I would recommend about a dozen and no more. I have a long-term, high-trust relationship with my readers, and I could get away with that, but I wouldn't recommend that as a general practice. So the, the shorter it is, the easier it is for people to participate, and the more response that you'll get. But once I got the results, I published what I learned as another blog post. And by the way, this information will not just help you sell advertisers, it'll help you better focus your blog's content and write more relevant posts. So launch a reader survey, then set up an advertising page. I had a very simple advertising page that told people what to do if they were interested in advertising in my blog. And this page is now defunct because I don't accept advertising any longer because I've got too many of my own products to sell, but I thought it would be helpful to show you a copy. So I have a link in the show notes for you so that you can have a look at it. On that page, you'll see my contact name, an email address of my advertising director who was a part-time mom to whom I paid a commission. And I also had a download link for my advertising kit which I'll tell you about in a minute, but I had a link to the advertising page also in my main navigation at the very top of the blog. So set up an advertising page. Very simple. You can see my example if you go to it and uh, duplicate that as well. Then create an advertising kit. Now, for years, I worked in marketing, so I know how marketing directors think. They try to be as metric-driven as possible, so you need to provide specific information. So I included, for example, my site traffic, site rankings, a reader profile based on that survey I had done, audience details, advertising options and rates, examples, and how they could uh, optimize their results on my site. And I created that kit in iWork Pages. It's just my word processor of choice. You could use Word, you could use anything you want. But then I saved it as a PDF. And again, I have a link in the show notes, so feel free to use mine as a template. And by the way, I delivered it as as a PDF because usually the marketing director would need to copy it for a meeting. However, you could also deliver it as a web page. You might even want to do both. I never did that, but you could, you could certainly do that. Then you want to sign up with an advertising service. You know, when I was inserting the ads on my own, I used the one the WP125 plugin as I mentioned but I was limited to 125 by 125 pixel ads and as it turns out advertisers want a number of size ads but I also had to invoice the client collect the money it was all a pain because I was trying to do this at least initially while I had a full-time job it wasn't easy But that all changed when I signed up with buysellads.com. Now, I'm not an affiliate for them, but I do recommend them. They automated everything. I created the advertising inventory, what it's called. In other words, the number of ads that I was willing to run and the availability of those ads using almost any size I wanted. Then I established the prices. And I put it on autopilot. It was so cool. All I did was insert their code in my blog's sidebar. And by the way, if you want a faith-based kind of version of buy-sell ads, there's one called Beacon Ads. I'm not quite sure what the relationship is between the two today, but it uh, at least uh, originally was sort of a white label uh, version of buy-sell ads, but for the faith-based community. And they attract faith-based advertisers. But best of all, buy, sell ads or beacon ads, either one, they collect the money up front, they give you the opportunity to approve or reject each ad. And if you want the design of an ad modified, you can even suggest that. Now, naturally, they take a commission and it's around 25 to 30%, but it's well worth it. The money they collect sits in your account until you cash out, which happens once a month, they deposit automatically your PayPal account, And if you're getting at least 10,000 unique visitors a month, this is something you should explore. Now, I don't know their exact threshold or their exact criteria, but keep in mind, they're trying to deliver value to their advertisers so they don't wanna clutter their inventory with super small publishers. So once you get to about 10,000 or so, has been my experience, uh, they'll talk to you and you have to apply and get their approval. And by the way, I have tried Google AdWords. Honestly, I hate it. For starters, it was complicated to set up. I had to have my web developer do it. I had real problems with inappropriate ads showing up on my site, despite the fact that I had two people from Google working directly with me and promising that that wouldn't happen. Well, after the third time it happened, I pulled the plug. I was just done. I also didn't really make any money from it. I mean, it was kind of a total fail for me. It just didn't work. So once you've signed up with an advertising service, you've got all this other stuff in place, then I would say this, pitch an irresistible offer. To get started, I pitched some friends I thought could benefit from access to my audience. And here was my script that I sent this as an email, and I'm just going to read this to you. I said, hi, so-and-so, I've decided to begin running a limited number of ads on my blog. I think your product would be a perfect fit. But to be honest, I don't know if it will be beneficial to you or not. So here's what I'm thinking. How about we run an ad for 30 days and then assess the results? If it generates traffic for you, you can decide if you want to continue on a paid basis. If not, no problem. We'll pull the ad and still be friends. What do you think? And then I just sign my name. Now, the big advantage for you By doing this, by running a set of free ads, is that you don't have a bunch of blank ads on your page, which translates to advertisers as, quote, no one wants to advertise on this blog, end quote. By putting some ads up, even if they're not generating money yet, you create the impression that your space is valuable because other people are advertising. And by the way, I would always leave one spot blank so it looked like I had some inventory available. And this would promote click-throughs and inquiries. Obviously, you can adjust your prices as your demand increases. And I get asked all the time, how should I price my advertising inventory? Well, I would start probably lower than you think. And don't get greedy and don't get too far ahead of the market. I found that I could adjust my prices upward About every six months, provided my traffic was growing and the demand was there. And so I just let people know I was going to do this. I was going to have a price increase. So they had an incentive to lock in a rate by purchasing multiple months. It worked great. So here's a quick action plan for you. Install the WP125 plugin. Identify four friends you can talk to about advertising on your site. And if you're already getting 10,000 unique visits a month, that apply for a buy sell ads.com account or a beacon ads.com account, whichever is more appropriate for your content. So advertising, that's the second way to monetize your site. Third, create products. This is the part that I love. A few years ago, I wrote an ebook called Writing a Winning Nonfiction Book Proposal. This was my first attempt to to create and sell a product on my site. Well, I decided to turn that into a PDF file and sell it on my blog. And by the way, I have documented this in a post called How to Create an Ebook in Seven Steps. I have a link in the show notes. I think it'll really help you if you're thinking about doing that. Well, it's sold consistently month after month, year after year, generating several thousand dollars a month. It's been pretty consistent But it sold so well, I decided to write a fiction edition called Writing a Winning Fiction Book Proposal. And it only sells about 50% of what the nonfiction one does, but it still uh, was well worth the effort. I mean, I recovered my money like in the first month, and I sell both books as a bundle. The best thing about selling products like these, especially digital ones, is that they work while you sleep. The whole system is turnkey. Customers buy the books, the system provides a download link, and then it deposits the money in your PayPal account. So what my friend uh, Dan Miller calls uh, Swiss money. Uh, sales while I sleep soundly. I love that. Well, since that time, I've created lots of products. In fact, I have so many I can no longer afford to take advertising. I use the available space on my site to promote my own products. And these now account for about 60% of my revenue. Remember, I told you before that about 30% of my total revenue comes from affiliate products, about 60% from my own products. And the remaining 10% is speaking and consulting and coaching. Here's a quick action plan for you Identify one product you could create in the next 90 days. Maybe it's an ebook maybe it's a course, a membership site, something. Then identify the first step you need to take toward making that a reality. So three basic ways to monetize your site. Promote affiliates, sell advertising, and create products. And you can get creative with this. And these three methods are just the direct methods you can use to monetize your blog. You can also use your blog, and I do this too, to generate leads for speaking, coaching, or consulting services, or whatever other business you're in. The key to monetizing your art without selling your soul is to offer ads, products, and services that are congruent with your brand and will add value to your readers. And you can't go wrong if you do that. And by the way, monetization is also something we cover in detail at Platform University. In fact, this month's masterclass is with Dan Miller, the author of 48 Days to the Work You Love, I interview him on the topic of, get this, how to make $150,000 this year from your platform. It's an awesome interview because he breaks it down step-by-step, shows you where the money comes from, and when you see it, like so many people commented when they saw that video, this looks completely doable because Dan's made it so simple and so replicatable, if that's a word. we can find out more about that at platformuniversity.com. But here's a question I wanna leave you with. What would monetizing your site, like I've described, make possible for you? In other words, does this make sense? Yes or no? And why? Leave your answer at michaelhyatt.com 87. Thinking of starting your own blog but worried that your technical know-how is not up to scratch? The good news is that starting blogging has never been easier. Michael shares his knowledge with you free and will show you that 20 minutes is all it takes to have your own blog up and running. Hey, Michael. This is Sherry Langland from SherryLangland.com. I wanted to let you know that I used your screencast to set up my WordPress blog and found it just as easy to set up as a Facebook account. So thank you very much. Join Michael and follow his quick and easy step-by-step video. Video tutorial at michaelhyatt.com/ wordpress setup at michaelhyatt.com/ wordpress setup take action now and start blogging today now let's turn to our listener q a segment well I've got a few questions here about this topic that have come in Lisa asked for example what do you think of the idea of selling backlinks on your blog as an additional way to monetize it if you've got a good page rank, I assume a backlink is a value to other bloggers for SEO purposes, and hence many may be prepared to pay for it. Lisa, honestly, I think this is generally a very bad idea. And it is true that backlinks are kind of the holy grail. This is what causes your page to rise in the ranks of Google and get listed above other pages is because Google assumes that if other people are linking to your posts that it must be authoritative and they impute more value to the post when you do that. The problem is when you try to game the system like this, it's not really, uh, it's, I, I mean, first of all, I have an ethical problem with it, but honestly, it's not really of much value either to your readers. And that's who you've got to see as your primary customer. The people that you're serving are the readers, not the advertisers, not the people who, who are willing to pay you to exploit it. That's when you get, I think, on the edge of selling your soul. Because a link, to somebody else's blog post or somebody else's blog that doesn't add value and the only reason you're including that link is because they're paying you for it, you know, I think that's suspect. It doesn't add value and it's gonna come back to bite you. So I just, you know, just try to make that general uh, rule. By the way, one thing I didn't talk about under advertising was sponsored posts where people pay you to write about their product or pay you to write about uh, their company. Again, I would only do that if it's a product that I already use and already love and maybe it's something that you wouldn't ordinarily blog about, but you do think it adds value to your readers and you're happy to get paid for that. I think that's fine, but that's, again, full disclosure. It's hard to disclose these kind of links and make it seem like you're not uh, selling your soul, so I recommend against it. Nina asks for attracting visitors, do you use the visitors or the page views per month? I have almost 9,000 visitors and 20,000 page views, so if I doubled that, I would potentially sign up for Beacon Ads. What do you think? Well, as you see in my advertising kit, I track three metrics that are related to this, all from Google Analytics, by the way, unique visitors, overall visits, and then my page views. I would say that most savvy marketing directors are buying page views, and that's the metric that's really important, but they're all related, and it's easy to provide all three. Make sure that you have Google Analytics installed on your site. Because again, that's kind of the uh, gold standard when it comes to proving or demonstrating what your site traffic really is. Emily asks I'm curious if you think it's appropriate to monetize a nonprofit ministries blog. We mostly run off donations, and while we do have a handful of affiliate links, we've never sold ad space. Emily, honestly, I think it's fine. I think it's fine as long as those products. There's affinity for your audience. In other words, would your audience look at those products that are being advertised and say, oh, great, that sounds like a product that I would be interested in. If it is, then I would see it as a service. It's one more way to express ministry or to offer service to your audience. But if it's a stretch, if it's not really a fit, then don't do it. It's not going to ultimately be helpful to your advertiser, and it's going to feel like noise and interruption to your readers. Josh asked, do you think it's okay to put affiliate ads on the sidebar on a fairly new blog with very little traffic? Josh, my answer to that is yes. The reason why is because you want to begin training your audience to see advertising on your site. The reason for this, from my perspective is that you don't want to condition them with the idea that everything is free, your content is free. There is a cost associated with it. Somebody's paying for you to be able to provide content on your blog. Uh, Right now, you're self-funded. But if you want to move to a different model where other people are helping fund that, like a magazine does or a newspaper does or anybody that's got a high level of traffic, you're going to have to do something like getting advertising going. And I wished I'd started that earlier because for years I conditioned my audience to expect my content for free. And then when I made the shift, it was a little bit jarring, frankly, to my audience. And I wished I would started earlier. Scott asks, what service do you use for automating the sale and distribution of eBooks from your website? I'm just finishing my first and not sure how to set up my sales so I'm not personally processing payments and emailing books. Well, you're going to need a shopping cart solution, Scott, and then you're going to probably need some kind of automated email system to communicate with people. And There's a lot of different ways to do this. I currently use Infusionsoft. I use their shopping cart. I do have some problems with it, but by and large, it's working and we deliver everything via Infusionsoft. But before that, I used one shopping cart and eJunkie, and both of those are terrific. And I would just take a look at them and see which works best for you. I used also an automated sequence with MailChimp before I got into Infusionsoft. And that's another way to deliver a series of messages. Maybe it's follow-up after care sale, after they purchase the product. But you can figure out that sequence and there are a lot of terrific tools available today. And finally, Lori asks, do you have a team of people pulling this all together for you so you can concentrate on the content? These are wonderful ideas, but a little overwhelming for little old me. Laurie, I get it. I know it is overwhelming. And initially, I didn't have a team of people. I was doing all this myself, and so I had to sometimes pay a little additional money for a service that maybe if I'd had a team of people, they could have done something cheaper. Uh, like ClickBank is a good example. A lot of people sell digital products through ClickBank and they take a percentage of your sale. You can do it cheaper on your own, but ClickBank makes it very simple. You can automate it without a lot of hassle. I do recommend, though, as soon as you can, to begin hiring virtual assistants so that you can increasingly focus on the things that only you can do. Every time I've hired a virtual assistant, and again for as little as you know, like five hours a week. But uh, if you can offload some of this this stuff to a virtual assistant, it frees you up to create more content and make even more money. And even every time I've done that, I've made additional money. So there's a little bit of an investment. Don't get discouraged in the beginning because you have to do it yourself. The great thing about doing that because I did it all myself in the beginning is it's pretty tough for me to be bamboozled by assistants that say they don't know what they're doing or they're not quite sure how to do it. And I can be helpful in those situations or I can just know when they're blowing smoke. So fortunately, I don't have any assistants to do that today, But but I know what the process is like. And so there's value even in learning the process, even though ultimately you probably wanna get out of that business and let somebody else do it. Well, that's all the time we have for questions this week. If you'd like to ask me a question, go to com slash question. You can either leave me a voicemail message or email me with your question. Again, go to com slash question to leave a message. I'll be back after the break with my tip of the week. The idea of writing and publishing the book can be very overwhelming. It is hard to know where to start and what is the right thing to do. The good news is that trusted and reliable help is available for you. Get Published from Michael Hyatt will give you instant access to Michael's three decades of knowledge as a publisher, literary agent, and author. This 21-part audio series will tell you how to publish your work and become successful and thriving author. Michael is confident that Get Published will help your message get noticed. In a noisy world, so take action now and give yourself the very best chance to become a best-selling author. MichaelHayett.com/slash/getpublished. Now, let me leave you with one final tip: if you have a platform and are looking for help with some aspect of what you do, go to your tribe first rather than just running a want ad or going to some service that doesn't know you. I've done this several times and with great success. Start by creating a detailed job description. And I've got a link in the show notes to one we used recently when we were trying to find a personal assistant for Gail. This will help you identify not only what you need, but it'll help other people, prospects, see if they can meet that need. Then post messages on your blog and social media channels with a link to the job description. And by the way, make sure the job description itself ends with a response mechanism, like a form to fill out, or just a link to your email, and then invite people to apply. When we ran that job description for Gail's personal assistant, we had like something like 40 people apply for that job, and it was awesome. But once you start getting some applicants, go through your normal screening process. But the big advantage of going to your tribe is that you are much more likely to find someone who understands what it is that you do and shares your values, and this is key if you're going to be successful in hiring the right people. And I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier, but it's been a great solution for me. Well, that's it for this episode of This Is Your Life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please show the love by going to michaelhyatt.com slash love and tweeting a link to the show. I'd be ever so grateful if you do that. It helps us get the word out. Thanks to the following people for rating my podcast on iTunes this past week praverb.net I'm not mispronouncing that it's spelled P-R-A-V-E-R-B.net. Tom Truxton David Specht 2911 and Nick Meter thanks guys for leaving a review I appreciate it and if you'd like to do that you can go to michaelhyatt.com slash iTunes and in fact if you don't know how to do that in this week's show notes, I have a little embedded screencast that shows you how to do it. I've been asked innumerable times to do that. I finally got one, and you can go back to the show notes at michaelhyatt.com slash 87 to find that embedded link. But until next time, remember, your life is a gift. Now go make it count. This is your-